everyone, and welcome to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. My co-host is Brandon O'Doy. Do me a favor, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast, whether it is Amazon, Apple, Spotify. Go hit that subscribe button and uh, you know leave a positive comment. Let the people know that it's a it's a decent thing we're doing. Also, if you're listening on the podcast, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll have plenty of content on there as well. Brandon is up at the Florida High School State Football Championships up in Tallahassee campus of Florida A&M University. What's crack-a-lacking up in Tallahassee, Brandon? A lot of recruiting, a lot of coaching going on. I've seen Kevin Beard, Jamila Dye. As a matter of fact, Jamila Dye's son um, is getting ready to play in the state final, the 4M state final for Metro. That's the highest classification here in the state of Florida. Uh, he's a running back for Miami Christopher Columbus. That is the alma mater of our dear coach, head coach, uh, Mr. Mario Cristobal, and also Alex Maribel, the offensive line coach, and many other um, uh, Hurricane greats and also current Hurricane players. So uh, there is some Miami relevant news taking place here. Let me ask you just real real quick is uh, what's the vibe up there? You know, uh, I've never been to one of these Florida high school state football championships, but uh, yeah, what's the what's the vibe going on up there? It's very competitive. It's it's a it's a nice spirit. It's it's you see from a media perspective, you see sort of the same people. You know, it's kind of like walking to the press conference at Hard Rock, you know, but, you know, we read each other's stuff. We kind of see each other all year. And it's it's kind of like a family reunion. We always get together. You there's Larry Bluestein. There's, you know, Andy from Sportsbook Live who runs SI Sports Illustrated. There's Andre Fernandez, Miami Herald, Manny Navarro was here yesterday. Um, all the recruiting guys, um, you know, Chad Simmons, the national guys, Chris Lee, who covers Florida State for years. You know, it's just sort of a family reunion, lots of coaches around. You know, we had the very talented Shamanah Madonna team yesterday with Josiah Trader and um, – you know, he's going to University of Miami. He made a he had an exceptional game, uh, as did Jeremiah Smith, who is still a Miami target. And uh, he's on an official visit to Florida State as we speak. Um, and uh, Miami is still uh, very much hot in pursuit of him. You know, I had conversations yesterday with one of the Miami staffers who shall remain nameless um, uh, because we don't. Um, you know, spill the beans about confidential conversations. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's fun. I like it. You know, it's a week away from family, which is tough, but it's, you know, it's a lot of football. I mean, it's nine games in three days. It's it's a lot of high school football. It's you got to love it because it's tiresome. Yeah, no doubt. But it, it is good to see uh, some of our local standouts up there with Chaminade and Columbus and, you know, playing these great kids from all across Florida. Um, interesting that, you know, the state championships are way up there in Tallahassee and not somewhere more centrally located. But, yeah, you know, well, that's, they, just, they that's just they, they don't geographically make a whole lot of sense. I should point out that uh, Mandarin, who Columbus plays, also has a Miami commit on the offensive line. I saw him last week at Monarch. Uh, so that game is going to feature uh, some Miami guys. And um, in addition to Jamila Dye's son, uh, one of the defensive linemen in that game uh, is committed to Miami as well. So there's a lot of Miami relevant things that are taking place. You want kids whose teams are competing for state championships. You want competitive kids. Uh, that's what helps you win games and um, makes moments like, you know, 
you know, being down, you know, 20 to 27, you know, with a few minutes left on the clock to Florida State, not as big because you've been in pressure situations before. There have been a lot of last-minute games. This game that's being played right now is is a three-score game. So, I mean, a, a three-point game. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on here. But, you know, we're here to wrap this season up, man, and, um, you know, kind of point forward. So I'm excited about this show too. Yeah, the um... – Team really hasn't hasn't gotten full uh, practices yet. Ready for getting ready for the Pinstripes Bowl. They will do that uh, very shortly, and we'll we'll dive into that as we get closer to that game against Rutgers. A little uh, little old meeting between uh, Mario Cristobal and his former boss uh, Greg Schiano. Um, so that'll be an interesting one. We'll have plenty of storylines with that. I do want to get into a couple of things, uh, recruiting wise and portal wise. But before we do that, I've had a chance to talk to you since the college football playoff rankings have come out um you're up in tallahassee there's still probably some pretty upset people up there uh talking about florida state and getting snubbed yeah no i ran into ron dugans who used to be on the university of miami staff and uh we talked about it briefly i mean one thing i can tell you these guys have a great attitude about it i mean every time it's brought up got to do better got to move on you know what i mean like there's no sulking up here i talked to adam fuller the defensive coordinator, you know, these are guys that I know because you know what I do. I help kids get in school. We go around, you know, I don't just cover Miami Hurricanes. I try to convince people I am not a Hurricane fan. I cover the team, you know, but I also cover college football. I, I help youth. That's really my calling. Try to go to the next level in every facet as a principal and all minister, all the things that I do. And so I had these relationships and just – I've been impressed with watching these guys walk around. Like, like I saw Alex Atkins. These dudes aren't – I mean, they were out here recruiting. They're out here, you know, trying to – they're like, man, we got to get better. We got – because if 13-0 and 0 ain't going to get it done, then, shoot, we got to – now we're going to go 13-0 and 0 and blow everybody out of the water. Like, I mean, they are really next playing this whole situation, which is shocking to me, but also cool to see. In your mind, should they have been one of the four? Sure, absolutely. They should have been number three. Texas should have been number four. Alabama should have gotten left out. The SEC wasn't as strong this year. And anybody who watches college football will admit that. But the thing is, SEC has done the best job of cultivating media, cultivating an environment that, you know, breeds. ACC try to keep media out. There have been media organizations that have formed because of the Southeastern Conference. You right. see what I'm saying? Saturday down south. It yep. employs too many people. There are too many people who have money tied to it. So, of course, when Alabama won that game, the engine went. For FSU's only hope was that Georgia would, you know, beat, you know, Alabama. They're not. Nick Saban's too far gone in his career. They're not. I mean, Deion Sanders said, and I'm sure as a Florida State great, it hurt to hear, but it was the truth. They're not going to keep Nick Saban out of a playoff. If, if no. there's even a chance, it took two losses to keep him out last year or whatever year that was. It, it, it's it's got to be beyond a shadow of a doubt there's no way we can sneak him in. Like, Because the thing is, who would you rather have to answer to, the Alabama fan base or the Florida State fan base? And I can tell you, <laughs> or the Texas fan base. Yeah, no doubt. You, you do not want Texas and Alabama on your behind if you're the freaking – college football playoff committee that that is yeah. you don't want those problems 
1,000%. And the other thing, the way I look at it is if I'm Florida State, and, you know, it gets tougher with these bowl games because kids are going to say, hey, I can't play because I'm going to the draft or I can't play because I'm going to the portal and all sorts of stuff. But Florida State comes out and beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl, which, you know, I'll be at. They could really make a case that, hey, we just beat Georgia and, you know, they're a great team and, you know, we're undefeated. Hey, AP, hey, voting people, you should vote us number one. That's going to be one of the most interesting games, bowl games in this modern era because, okay, are they going to come into this game fully loaded? Are Jared Verse and all of those guys that are going to the league, are they going to play? Are they going to opt out? Is Georgia, are all their guys going to play? Are we going to see, you know, the tight end and, you know, all of the talent that they have? You know, are these people going to shut it down because they're not playing for a college football playoff and and, and, and get ready for the NFL? There's a lot on the line here. I, I don't know what to expect. So I'm very much looking forward to December 30th. Yeah, no doubt about it. The Orange Bowl is is going to be a good one. Um, it is going to be uh, a great event. I can't wait to, to get there. I've covered the Orange Bowl every year since who knows when, for uh, since I had hair, so uh, for a long time. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back on the other side, I want to talk about the Miami Hurricanes as it relates to the portal and recruiting. It all ties together. It's all about uh, roster management. We will get to that on the other side when we're back after this on the Real Ones Canes Podcast. Here on the Real Ones Canes podcast on the Beast Brian London, my co-host is Brandon O'Doy. Do us a favor, go subscribe to the podcast wherever you can, wherever you get your podcast. Just go find the Real Ones Canes podcast and hit subscribe. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, you can follow us on the socials. Follow Brandon at Brandon underscore O'Doy. Follow myself at Miami Radio Beast. Brandon up in Tallahassee at the Florida High School Football State Championship Games. It is busy up there. It is cranking. And uh, things are getting exciting up in Tallahassee. I love it. I love uh, watching these kids show out uh, in front of these audiences and these crowds and uh, the entire state to see. So this is good stuff. Um, Brandon, we need to talk about roster management as it relates to the University of Miami, right? Um, So far, so far, Brandon, we've seen guys go out, but no one's really come into the fray. And I'm getting a little bit uh, twitchy. I I know it's going to happen, but, you know, there's some positions that definitely need some guys in this portal. And it, it hasn't really happened yet. And I'm trying to just keep myself... You know, nice and uh, you nice and calm here. Yeah, I think Mario Cristobal has earned um, the patience from this fan base based on the absolute A plus job that he did last year in the portal. Let's talk about Matthew Lee. Let's talk about uh, Mr. Cohen on the offensive line. Let's go uh, to the secondary and, and visit Mr. Jaden Davis, who had a huge impact. You know, let's talk about um, you know. The Miles Goy kid who played at linebacker. I mean, I think he pretty much hit on every portal. Uh, even the Allen kid who played running back for the University of Miami this year. I think he did really, really well in the portal. Uh, Dennis Smith, uh, who is sort of the 
GM behind the scenes recruiting. You know, I don't know what his formal title is, but, you know, he and Mario run the show. And um, they hit home runs last year. It's it's not something that just comes together overnight. You know, there's a lot of research. There's, um, you know, a lot of scouting that's done. There's background uh, information that's gathered. And then there are NIL considerations. And you talk about roster management in college football in present day and beast you know this to be true. It's almost like NFL free agency. You have got to be able to meet the obligations that you have to kids that you're bringing in. And a lot of times there are financial considerations. You got to have the right money. You got to pay the right money. You got to know the value. You have to, you know, be able to juxtapose that to what's being offered on the market. You need a little, you know, you need bunnies in your ear telling you, you know, little birdies you know, what's going on on other campuses. And, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff here. That a lot of this stuff is undefined and being figured out as we go. So you have to really credit these guys. I understand you about being a little concerned, particularly at quarterback. There are rumblings sure. um, about Cam Ward and others. Um, you know, nothing, nothing firm yet. But, I mean, again, as I say, these guys have earned the benefit of the doubt because they did so well. Uh, in 2023 with the port. So let's talk about the guys that are leaving Miami. Cyrus Moss came out yesterday. The uh, the edge rusher, he's out. Julio Skinner, the tight end, never really did much. Um, has been, um, you know, Mario Cristobal kind of talked about him in the, at the beginning of the year saying he really needed to do a, a lot more in practice to during the playing time. Chance Williams, you know, again, uh, another edge guy. Corey Flagg was someone that really helped in the run game. TVD, we talked about that. He might, you know, with Manny Diaz going to Duke, that might be a spot where he ends up to replace Riley Leonard. Uh, wow. Don Chaney. Don Chaney ends up uh, leaving and Jafari Har- Harvey as well, another edge guy. So seven guys are on the out uh, for the University of Miami in the portal. Anyone there surprising you? Uh, no real surprises. Um, TVD wish you well. Uh, Don Chaney wish he would have stayed, but I get it. Um, they need to get away from some bad publicity, some new fresh new start. Uh, I mean, he knows it's Flesh's ball game next year and Parrish when he's healthy. He, he knows he'll be the third guy. Uh, probably don't want to deal with that. Um, Moss was too light for the position. I don't get the big rankings. Um, just you can't play at that size. He just wasn't gaining weight. Um, forget who else you mentioned. Um, Skinner. Chance Williams. To me, Chance Williams, he, he hadn't played for two years. He didn't play last year. Right. He didn't play this year. There's Bain. There's other considerations. People coming back. Nigel Kelly. He had basically been benched. Um, he's a Diaz recruit. You know, um, it's he wants to play. It's good for him to move on. Um, he probably is going to graduate. You know, real smart kid. Had him in my right. American game. It's great. So, uh, we wish him well. He just he just wasn't going to be able to play here, get on the field. That just is representative of the talent at that position. Um, like I said, half half need Jafar, half need to me is the biggest loss. Uh, Corey Flagg, you would have liked to have. Just too many young guys at the linebacker position. You know, the Bobby Washingtons, the the Popos, Raul Aguirre, and, you know, Wesley Besaint, and my All-American comes back. 51 might go up. So, you know, there's really not a lot of space there. I appreciate that Clemson tackle. 
That was a great tackle. He's great against the run. But, you know, you got to be a – Got to be a full-time linebacker. And so maybe he wants to go. I mean, this is a dude who was an every-down start. So, you know, he probably didn't want to play in the role again. You know, he's a good Boy Scout, came in, did what he was asked to do. But, you know, he wants to and, – and hey, he might end up a dude with Manny Diaz. I mean, I think Manny Diaz getting the Duke job, and we exchanged texts this morning, and I wished him congratulations. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for him. He's a good coach and a good guy. I think we all agree on that. He's a better coach yeah. than we realized. Uh, you know, there are some many days that we wish we could have back, particularly 2018, when that defense was among the best we've seen. It's the closest to the traditional hurricane 30 for 30. You know, for those of us who didn't live those days like you, Beast, that's as close as I've ever been to, you know. And, um, you know, he's responsible for that. He always will be, you know. So, um no real big losses. Nobody that I'm really, really super sad to see. Um, but like you said, no one coming in either. So strange times, not concerning times, strange times, concern, you know, watchful times maybe. Yeah, no. So I'm – there's so many players that have put themselves into the portal, right? At And I'm looking at the quarterbacks, and you could have your pick in the litter. There's a bunch of guys. Right. And I'm just, I'm wondering, I mean, if I, if I, if I had a chance to sit down with Mario Cristobal or Shannon Dawson or any of those cats and just say, how do you evaluate this? How do you, how do you look at a guy like uh, Moore at, at UCLA who did not have a good season, but he was a, a big time recruit? Um you know, do you think you could develop him into a guy that's got all those skills? Do you, you know, or do you go with someone that maybe had a better college career and only has one or two years of eligibility left and you just want to get a stopgap guy to come in and kind of, you know, train Emery a little bit more and maybe Jakari if he sticks around? I would love to talk to them about that because it's really interesting to me as we talk about this roster management and how they see that quarterback position. Do you, do you have any thoughts there? Uh, you know, they obviously have a formula, uh, and they have to speak the same language. I talked to Shannon Dawson in the offseason, and I got the sense that he was more comfortable developing no-name guys than taking highly rated dudes. And that's going to be a negotiation because Coach Cristobal likes the elite recruit. You know, he really is attracted to uh, the pretty girl in the room. So um, it, it's, it's going to be an interesting dynamic because he, the deal is they don't just need to take a guy in the portal. They've also got to take two quarterbacks out of high school. So you've got to keep an eye on Shaman Madonna, Cedric Bailey, potentially committing yep. along with Judd Anderson, because there are no quarterbacks, you know, with TVD hitting the portal and Emory being hurt, you got to have at least four to five scholarship quarterbacks on a roster. And Miami has one. And you have to almost anticipate that Ja'Curry Brown will potentially get into the portal because everybody knows he probably didn't get a chance. So there are a lot. Of That's kind of a headache thing to bring up 20 minutes into a, into a podcast beast because it's so complicated to talk about. I mean, obviously there's an evaluation process, but it's like, Gee whiz, how do you evaluate this? You got Ja'Curry Brown who could potentially leave or potentially stay. Emory coming back off of, you know, 
uh, injury, at least one freshman quarterback coming in and at least one portal coming back coming in. So when you bring in the portal guy, do you go for a portal young guy or a portal one year guy? Because you don't want to, you know, hurt Emory. You bring in a portal young guy and then Emory's gone. You know what I mean? And then what happens to Jacory? We don't know how he's going to play in the ball game. There's just more answers. There's just more questions than answers right now. And the other thing to me is not just all of that stuff, but also what type of quarterback are you looking for? Are you looking for a drop back guy? Are you looking for a dual threat guy? Are you looking for a guy that has experience in an air raid type of offense? You know, like I'm just thinking to myself, like, I I don't know yet what Shannon Dawson is looking for in a quarterback. Those are, those are good answers. And, and, and see, he didn't get a chance to pick any of these guys. Right. Curry's a Manny guy. Tyler's a Manny guy or Rick guy. And um, Emery's um, Gaddis guy. Right. Gaddis slash Mario guy. um, Or even potentially a Diaz guy. I don't know. You know, that goes back kind of far. Like, he hasn't picked a guy yet. His guys, Judd, you know, not Judd Anderson, but, you know, this this Judd kid. And, um, you know, he did get a chance to pick him. He picked him very quickly after getting the job. So it just becomes, um, all right, now what do we do? Um, and it's like, okay, he picks Judd. Who else does he get? He's going to pick this. This, okay, so now are you sure that you're going to develop Judd and kind of play Emory? How is Emory going to respond after the, you know, the injury? There's a lot of unknowns. I'm kind of getting uncomfortable talking about it because it's just like, yeah, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> like, that's what I was talking about. As you are, I started thinking about it and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, no, this is kind of a headache. Um, well, well let, me, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question because you have a good feel. You're, you're up there. You're around all these coaches. You're, you've known a lot of these players for a long time. What is the what is the vibe when it when it comes to the University of Miami right now? Generally speaking, from a lot of these kids, um, as it relates, elite. not elite, but you know, a good spot. Not elite. You know, it, it's obviously it's no Ohio State. It's no Bama. It's no Texas. It's no Michigan. No, you know, it's nothing like that. But. Not a bad spot. I mean, and, and to be honest, that's a cool reputation to have when you just went five and seven and backed that up with a seven and five. You know what I mean? So there's a there's still a positive opinion by recruits and by people who are in the portal or thinking about the portal. I know I had a I had a very confidential conversation with a non not in the portal yet quarterback at a big time school uh this morning so uh well the parents and so yeah man this is a wild wild world bro Um, (laughs) i don't know if you um i don't know i don't know if you has a good perception i don't know if you read the story and if you haven't go check it out the athletic about a kid going from syracuse to wisconsin and just what happened over like five to seven days of just mayhem in this kid's life trying to transfer from Syracuse to Wisconsin, what he was asking for, then agents got involved, then he fired the agents, and it was just a whole situation. It's really a telling article, and that's between Syracuse and Wisconsin, which no offense to either of those schools, 
those aren't, you know, when I think about elite athletes and NIL and all that stuff, those aren't the top two that come to my list. So I can only imagine what, when you, when you get, you know, upwards of a million dollars plus that can be involved in some of these NIL deals, what is going on in this landscape? And then you talk about, um, that and then you include now you're dealing with high school kids that are looking for that type of money and they haven't stepped foot on a college football field yet. It is it is crazy out there. But the interesting thing I think is is how well Mario's been able to hold this class together with these assistant coaches and Dennis Smith and everybody. They've done a really good job of keeping yeah. keeping this class together. No, they have. I'm telling you, I know they have because I'm watching other people in this same college football world, handle it poorly, and their classes are breaking down. Texas A&M is a sieve right now. I think they hired yeah. a very good coach, somebody who's been there. Yep. Uh, these kids should know, you know, from their recruiting process, and these kids are still walking out of that. And that tells me that something is bad with the business. If the business does not match, there are universities out here where the business and the coaching staff do not match. You can drive a ship through them. I was explaining this to somebody yesterday. The business does not match what's being said. If those two people are not in alignment. doesn't matter what's going on on the field. doesn't matter what's going on with the coaching staff. If that NIL is not right, if promises are not being kept, problems will occur. Yeah, we saw it, we saw it up at Florida State, allegedly, uh, with a kid – basically coming out and saying, Hey, you, 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 you know, you reneged on what you promised me. I'm out under promise over deliver. Yeah. That's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad philosophy for life. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. Miami will get ready for the pinstripe bowl. They'll be taking on Rutgers. It'll be interesting to see who plays in that game, who doesn't play that game, who the backup. Doesn't matter who plays. Yeah. But you could play. I could play. You can't lose the Rutgers. That's bad for the brand. And I'll let you. I'll let. I won't. You don't have to answer this question, but just I want you to marinate on this. Um, and you know, maybe you'll have nightmares at some point. Which is what happens if Jakari Brown uh, has to leave the game? That's just. That's just all. My I, I keep mean, thinking about listen, that, and I, I don't have an listen. answer. No, 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 no. These are fair questions, and I'll say this as we are closing: the University of Miami. Coach Cristobal and everybody involved have to take responsibility for how this roster has been managed. They do. At some level, you cannot enter a season with only three scholarship quarterbacks. And now we're seeing Florida State got down to the third guy this year. I never even know a third quarterback was a thing. Like, it's always about who's the number two guy. Like, Third quarterbacks matter. And guess what? If third quarterbacks matter, fourth quarterbacks matter. I will I will say this, and I was talking about this with my, my dad who's in town and my son yesterday as we were watching some football. And it was, you know, now the way the quarterback position has, has um, you know, changed as far as their role and what they do in the offense, man, 
you know, you, you see a bunch of NFL teams without their starters that are in their backups. You see a bunch of teams in college without their starters that are with their backups. You see third string guys that are being called into action. It is just the nature of the position. It's turned into almost like how you treat the running back position where you need three or four of them or else you're not going to make it through a season. So that needs to be uh, dealt why. with. I'm going to tell you why. Because okay. everybody else is improving at every other position. The defensive linemen are faster and stronger right. than they ever been. The defensive ends are faster and stronger than they ever been. The linebackers are fat. Remember, the linebackers used to be almost 300 pounds. They're 200 pounds now. They can run like gazelles. Everybody's yeah. hitting, hitting hard, and they're more injured. It's just that simple. All right, man. Enjoy your time up there in Tallahassee. Look forward to, to your reports when you get back. We will uh, do this next week. Hopefully, we'll talk a little bit about uh, bowl preparation, and maybe by then we'll have some portal guys to, to discuss as well. Um, so uh, be safe up there. Uh, safe travels back. Uh, everyone out there, thanks for listening. To those of you that celebrate, uh, my fellow uh, members of the tribe, happy Hanukkah. And uh, I hope everybody out there is having a nice, safe, and enjoyable holiday season. We will check you next week. It's the Real Ones Canes podcast.